bless you, everybody. Good evening tonight. Amen. Good to see the few faces I can. This is wonderful. God bless you. We're thankful that we can be in the house of the Lord tonight. David said, let us be glad. Amen. That we can be gathered together in his name. Maybe not in body, but in his name we can gather and we can praise him. We can worship him tonight. We're just uh, maybe a little bit of a different service tonight. It's a little bit more, definitely a little more, uh, I should say, skeleton crew. We're just a little bit of, Satan's trying to hit us. He's uh, trying to give us a one-two punch right now. He tried to punch us on the U.S. side, and now he's trying to punch us on the Canadian side. So, uh, But uh, he's forgot who he's fighting with. He's fighting with the bride of Jesus Christ. Amen. So we ain't going to back up. We ain't going to back down. We're going to let up or let down. We're going to put the dukes up, and we're going to keep fighting. Amen. So everybody, just uh, we'll just keep pressing together. We just arm in arm together, and we'll get through this. Amen. So it's just me tonight. We're going to sing a couple songs, and then we're going to go to the Word. We're going to fellowship. Amen. And we'll just have ourselves a little bit of a time. Lord, help us tonight. He knows that I surely need it. So I, I, I want to sing that song, but a bit that you were just playing. I want to sing a couple verses. It's so pertinent to the time we're living in. I can imagine how Horatio Spafford was when he wrote this, when his family and his world was turned right upside down. And uh, when he wrote, When Peace Like a River. So we can think that we're going through a very difficult time, which some of you are and have. And we don't know what lies ahead, but we can sing as he did, as he wrote under inspiration, When Peace Like a River Attendeth My Way. Amen. Let's sing that together now. Oh, in peace like a river attending my way. Oh, it's rose like sea bells roll. Oh, whatever my lot thou hast. Yeah. 
someone can sing in the greatest turmoil of their life and they can say, Lord, it is well with my soul. The little lady came up to you, I believe it was Elisha or Elijah, you said, you know, how, how doest thou? And she said, it is well. She had a son that was dead, but she said, it, it is well. My, because she knew she'd come to the, she'd come to the man of God that can fix her situation. Amen. And that's when you can say it is all well when the Lord Jesus is with you each step of the way. Amen. I want to sing many things about tomorrow i don't seem to understand that's exactly where we are right now many things about tomorrow who knows even the next hour but i don't live from day to day but i know he holds my hand amen here we go i don't know about tomorrow i just live from day Oh, there's no tears. 
about tomorrow but if you got your hand in his this is all that matters my do we ever need that right now lord just hold my hand hold my hand each step of this way right now amen we're just going to open the service in a word of prayer before we change the order a little bit i don't have any written prayer requests but i do know of many needs many many needs in our body right now so i just pray i'm gonna i'm gonna pray but you pray we need a body to lift up our our people in prayer and may our our words ascend into his his throne room this evening amen and he could just hear maybe just somebody's prayer just reach his throne and someone's name on your lips tonight put your put someone that you know is in need put their name on your lips tonight and just say lord this person needs you right now and i need you to go to their little room right now amen let's just open in a word of prayer heavenly father lord we don't serve a dead god We don't serve, Lord, a God of stone that people in the past would have raised up idols for, Lord, and worshipped, and they would have done their different ceremonies around some some God of stone. But, Lord, we serve a living God who, Lord, through the ages has proved himself the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, we know of time after time. Lord, recorded moment after moment. Lord, in our own congregation and congregations around the world, you've met needs. You've met dire needs, Lord. Thinking of Brother Donnie Reagan's daughter, Lord. That, Lord, went through an incredible trial, Lord. You, Lord, you brought her through it, Lord. We're thinking of Brother Ron Spencer even now. Lord, I think, I believe, even a year within 
in the last few days, a year since the doctors told him, Lord, he'd had limited time, but Lord, he's still standing today, still preaching your gospel, still putting, Lord, your word in front of him, Lord, still giving Satan a run for his money, Lord, because we are the same God, the same yesterday, today, and forever, Lord. We stand in the face of Satan. We stand in the face of COVID this evening, Lord, that it would try and this demon, Lord, trying to, to come in and damage our homes, damage, Lord, the bodies of your people. But we stand today because the healing power of Calvary, Lord, eliminates and annihilates anything that a demon can try. So, Lord, go through these bodies of our people. Lord, with supernatural strength, fall, Lord, in their little room right now. Those that maybe can't even lift their head right now. May, Lord, something just start to move through them. Lord, Brother Branham, in many different prayer lines, you just feel that. you feel His presence right now? Lord, sometimes maybe a little bit of a, a cool presence going through. May their body, may that happen even right now, Lord. May your presence just start moving through their little room. Little wind starts to blow and they start feeling a little more refreshness, a little more strength, Lord, as they need, Lord. Would you pour in the balm, Lord, in their to their need right now? and a little salve to their bodies, we pray. Lord, tonight, may you have your way. May you have your will. Maybe a little bit different. But Lord, we're getting used to that. Lord, we don't got no structure. We don't got no formalities, Lord. We just want the Holy Spirit to have your perfect way. It don't matter if it's in a home, if it's in a sanctuary where there's three bodies in it and it feels really echoey. Your spirit can still move no matter what, Lord. No matter if it's a teeny little screen. Lord, may you become real, real, personal God. Lord, to each one tonight, we pray. In Jesus Christ's name, we commit this service now. In your name, amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. I'd have you stand and sit down, but that's okay. I don't think you're, I think you're all sitting, but you can stand. I'm going to sing one more song tonight. I asked Brother Ben to, to, uh, see if he could, uh, learn this one for me. I, you, some of you may know it. Some of you may, may not, but it's, uh, I just was singing it a little bit today and it, uh, just, I love the words of the song. So maybe just, if you want to listen, if you don't know it, sing along if you do. But the, here, here is the song. That's what the cross is all about. Amen. Let's sing this song. Oh, the priest was in the temple. Another year had come and gone. Oh, the sacrifice was ready. The sinner's hands were holding on. As the blood of the spotless lamb was spilled upon the floor. They both knew they'd seen it all before. Oh, that's what the cross was all about. Oh, one man dying paid the price to lead us out. Oh, and I'd be lost forever with no hope for being Oh, but on a small and lonely hill across 
shed for me. Amen. When he saw we'd be lost forever. But a redeeming lamb said, no, no, no. I need to pay the price for Jonathan. I need to pay the price for Brother Matthew DeCurdy. I need to pay the price for Brother Mark Matul. So he said, I'm going to shed my blood because I'm going to redeem them because they're mine. Amen. Glory. I love it. It's a real word. Thank you, Brother Ben. We're going to turn to the word now tonight. And, uh, and here we are. <laughs> God bless you. Here we are. Let's take our Bibles. Let's take our Bibles and we'll pray the Lord was, was pleased with our praise tonight. We're going to take a little, pray the Lord helps me, take a little subject and uh, fellowship a little bit about the word. Maybe a, a turn from last week. We spoke of no excuses. We're going to turn to Mark 16. This is where we can turn in our word in the Bible. And uh, last week we spoke no excuses. I, almost, I thought about calling it the transfer of the blame is what I was pondering about and, and kind of ended a little bit. So maybe just kind of recap a little for those that maybe missed that or, or and just speak on that. And then we're going to take a little turn. Is that okay? A couple things though. Um, this weekend I believe is time change. Believe I'm correct on that. Can anybody nod their head and just say yes? That's correct. Go, oh, you make sure, make sure I didn't make the mistakes. Yes, okay. Time change this weekend, and uh, and we are planning for we are planning for services as normal uh, on the weekend, both um, both uh, here at the church in the morning and planning for the service in the evening at the camp. And so that is the uh, the plan. And we'll get back to to regular regular scheduling. And I'm I'm just waiting to hear the voices. Voices singing and worshiping together because it's uh, pretty empty in a in a sanctuary with two people now inside of it. <laughs> Amen. All right, I think that's it. Mark sixteen fourteen verse fourteen. This is something that uh, we, we would know this scripture really well, and we'll read it here. Verse fourteen. Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat, and abraded them with their unbelief and hardness of heart. Because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is, and is baptized shall be saved. And he that believeth not shall be damned. My, that's a pretty straight scripture. Pretty straight scripture. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, once more, we bow our heads, Lord, in prayer. We need you, Lord, this very moment, this very hour. We pray that you would help Lord, us here, 
Lord, that we would stand to take your word in our hands. We do not do that lightly by any means, Lord. This is your word. And so, Lord, I pray you break it and you speak it, Lord. And you give, Lord, us a, Lord, just a freedom to, to, to worship you, a freedom to speak about you. And may your Holy Spirit, Lord, go forth. You know the needs of your people. And so, Lord, have your way. And we yield to you tonight, Lord, in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You may have your seats. So I'm just, uh, I was a little, when I was reading the scripture, just as a bit of a side note, when I read that first scripture, I couldn't even imagine, you know, verse 14, after he appeared on the 11, as they sat at meat and abraded them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, he abraded them. You know, that's not an easy, you know, that's not, uh, you know, patting you on the back. Abraded is a a bit of a strong word. He's he's saying, you know, giving a bit of an admonition or or a little bit of a, a rebuke a little bit with them because their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. Someone said, he's risen. And I can't even imagine the time of that, uh, of the hour when Jesus rose from the dead and the news was spreading around. And they, of course, relied upon uh, um, regular forms of communication as in mouth to mouth, you know, speaking each other. They had to run from place to place. And so that that spread a little bit slower than the, the speed of light that we have right now with our phones and, uh, and the grapevines we have. And so this took a little while, but then he was abrading them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed them not, which had seen him after he was risen. My, and uh, I can't—I can't even imagine imagine that uh, you know that moment and uh, of, of, of disbelieving this. And so, you know, here we are today. Let us not be in that category where some, where Jesus Christ is alive and well, living in me, to tell the world that He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And someone saying, "Well, I don't really believe that." Don't put yourself in that scripture. Put yourself in those that were believing. He's alive. Is he? Where is he? I want to see him. I need to see. I need to see Jesus. Let's be in that category tonight. Amen. When he sat and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And he that believeth not shall be damned. So I, we know that scripture as very common to know maybe that's the great commission. Uh, something that is maybe a term that's used. Jesus said also in Matthew I believe 28 as well. He uh, says the same, similar, similar words and says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And so these were, these were uh, scriptures that we would call the Great Commission as he's telling us to go out into the world. And I, so I'm just going to pause that and we'll take a little step back and just recap a little bit of where we were ending last, last week. And we were talking on the, uh, we were ended a little bit on the, the scapegoat. If you remember, we, we talked about the scapegoat and how in Leviticus, the, uh, the, they had the, they would take two goats and they'd present them before the Lord and they would place Aaron would, they would cast lots on which one of the goats would, would, uh, take the, the blame and take, take the responsibility of sin and the other lot, uh, and Aaron would bring one goat, uh, which went to the Lord for the Lord's lot and offer him as a sin offering. And the other one would go as a scapegoat and be presented alive to the Lord and he would be sent in the wilderness. And it says in the scripture, as we said last week, the Aaron would put his hands on the head of the goat. And we were talking about a scapegoat that he was taking the blame, um, for our sin. He was taking our, the responsibility for the sin of Israel and, and it was being put on the head of the goat and he was, it was being placed there and transferring the blame of the people of, of Israel and going onto this goat, symbolic now, as it was in type and a shadow, and a shadow of, of to come. And so we were speaking. Brother Bram says how Jesus was our scapegoat. 
And we would, and here we spoke about the, how your blame, all of your, all of your, the responsibility of your sin, it was transferred onto the scapegoat, onto Jesus Christ. And he took the sins upon him and he took the full weight. He took the full responsibility of your and my sin. He took that as, as the scripture would, as he typed the scapegoat and the scapegoat was sent into the wilderness. But Abraham says, and Jesus was sent and went into hell to suffer the tortures, and to suffer for yours and my sin. And so he bore the weight of our, of, and the heaviness of our sin. And, we, and, that, and our sin, or the responsibility, that, we, that was transferred to him, transferred to Christ. And, and he took that. He took that blame. He took that responsibility for both you and I, and we we're free of it. So I don't, I'm not even responsible for it. He took 100%. The full weight of that. And I can't even imagine the heaviness as we, as the songwriter says, he took the weight of the world upon his shoulders because he took the full weight of your and my responsibility. You're in my sin. You're in my shame. You're in my unbelief. Everything. He took all of that and he bore it on his shoulders. And then the way, you know, the, we look at the pictures and you might look at, at different scenes as they depict Jesus as he's carrying the cross and it, and it would almost look like the cross is about to crush him as he's dragging the cross up and even can't even maybe falls and Simon of Cyrene is, is there and he's to pick it up and help him. It wasn't that the cross was heavy. It was that the weight of our sin was loaded upon his shoulders. That was the heaviness. It wasn't the cross. The cross might have been, but it was the weight of sin that crushed him down to the ground where he could barely, I'm sure, drag his feet because he took the full weight and was transferred onto him. Yours was transferred to him. Mine was transferred to him. And it just compounded and compounded. And that is what he did. The weight of the cross was nothing compared to the heaviness of our sins. And so he took that responsibility for me and you. Now, to be responsible for something, it's to, to be tr- uh, kind of have the job or duty of, of dealing with or taking care of something. And so you, you have the duty of dealing with something or to take care of someone or something or to be trusted to do what is right or to do things that are expected or required. So you're, you're trusted. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be responsible for that. I'm going to be trusted now to do what's right or to do the things that are expected of me or required. And so that is, uh, you know, when someone takes responsibility, they're, they're taking this, this, this weight of such some of it's okay, you're, you're, you know, some of it's good weight, some of it, some responsibilities are pretty heavy, as we just talked about Jesus taking the responsibility of our sin. You know, and, and so, with responsibilities comes weight. There's great privileges and honors that, that we can be bestowed, but they come with a responsibility. You know, I can think of even something very small. Who would, uh, who'd know George Washington and the hatchet story? Of course, all our American brothers and sisters should know. I'll just tell you right now, that's a myth. Just saying. It's a myth, actually. <laughs> Anyways, the story goes, or the myth they say goes, it was that uh, he took the, he got a hatchet for Christmas, I guess, of some sort, and he, uh, you know, what a, what a wonderful gift to him, but a responsibility that he was now given. And of course, at a young boy, he says, look at my hatchet, I must chop something. And so he went down and chopped his dad's cherry tree, which was, as the story goes, which was not a good, uh, a good thing to do. And so he, he, he did, he mishandled the responsibility that he was given with this, you know, little hatchet. So, you know, with, with something generally can also come the responsibility. I thought today of, uh, of a, of a ship captain. Uh, you know, I can't even imagine the honor because I, you know, becoming like a cruise ship captain, 
you know, that's almost, I feel like a top tier. I mean, you are at the top of your, your uh, captain game, your American, you know, being on the seas uh, when you're taking a cruise ship. And so you can feel pretty prestigious, I'm sure, to, to be bestowed, to have worked your way to that. And, uh, but I can also imagine the weight of the responsibility that he has for several thousand people that are in the ship because he alone has their lives in his hands. And so, yeah, that's a great honor. That's a great, that's a great uh, uh, place to attain. But also that comes with a responsibility. Same would happen with a, maybe a pilot. Same thing. These are, you know, different, uh, just thinking of different jobs that hold much responsibility, you know, to be, to, to have, uh, you know, to, to take however many hundred people into the air and the responsibility of that and knowing you've checked everything. You've got checked every gauge. You've made sure the flaps are working, the engines are this, that. I mean, you look at a cockpit and you're like, oh my word, there's a lot of dials and stuff, but he is, he's ready. He's prepared for that. And he's willing to take the responsibility because he's, 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 he's attained, you know, all that he's needing to do that. So we have these responsibilities, different positions. And Brother Bram says, you know, he says, what a responsibility is, is to a Christian minister who stands before an audience. He says, when each soul is valued at the value of 10,000 worlds. My. He says, and what would one misinterpreted word do to the kingdom of God if we'd misinterpret it in one way? So I reverently approached the subject speaking in a message. And so there's different offices and different positions that have great responsibilities that come with it. Mother, mother, a great responsibility, uh, an incredible um, office to hold, an incredible thing to be able to hold and cherish a little one as a mother, your child. But with it, but Abraham says, mother is the first with the child, and she is a great responsibility of what that child will be. It will be based on the way that mother starts that child on the path that it must travel. Mother has the responsibility from God. What a responsibility. What a, what a position that, that a mother has. What a joy it is to be a mother. But what a responsibility it has as well. You say, well, what about, what about our church? What about, what about each one of us? But Abraham says, do you realize this responsibility? This city is speaking in the city of Tempe here. He says, do you realize the city of Tempe here, I believe, is resting upon your shoulders? I believe that God has made you lighthouses, each one of you. You have the responsibility of the sins of this city is resting upon the ministers, upon the church people, the pilgrims, as we're sojourning here. Don't you believe that? Like, wow. I don't think that's just to Tempe. That's got to be to Blaine. That's got to be to Bellingham. That's got to be to Cloverdale. That's got to be to Langley, to Surrey, to Vancouver, to Port Moody, to Coquitlam. I don't really care where. Seattle, all across the world, all across our area. I believe God has made you lighthouses. Each one of you, you have a responsibility of the sins of this city. Whoa. What, what a weight that the, that, that the, the city of the people here in Tempe were, were being told they are going to bear. You've got the sins of the city that you, that you're responsible for saying, Hey, you're going to go out there. Let's go back to our first scripture, which was the great commission to get out there, go preach the gospel and get out there and share the good news that Jesus Christ is alive. Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. Jesus Christ is here to save your sins. That's what the cross is all about. He's saying you, you, each one of you have this responsibility. 
My. I said, whoa, didn't know I was going to be shouldered with this tonight. I didn't expect to you know, come to bear, bear some burdens, but this is the burden of the word of the Lord. Amen. And Brother Murphy, we spoke on that a little while back, the burden of the word of the Lord. Brother Bram says, you have, you have your own responsibility as well to your own, to your own self. I'll read a quote one second. And he says, you have a responsibility. It's to your soul. He says, now, let's just raise our hands, each one of you in our own way. It's going to be a confession. Got to be your confession. I'm going to pray you here. I'm going to pray for you here. Now, you believe it. You pray. I'm going to pray for you. He says, make your promise to God that you're not weak anymore. You're strong. You're not a coward. You're not going to be sick. You're not going to serve sin any longer. You're going to serve God. He says, make your confession and believe it. It's your soul, your responsibility. Your soul, your responsibility. And so we talked last week, we talked about no excuses. And, and there's nothing that even could shape up or be, be, uh, that could even, uh, sit on a scale that could, that could, um, be worth or be any valued or, or, or stand in the face of, of, of your faith, of your conviction, of your stand for Christ and say, well, you know, I got this problem or this issue and, and therefore I can't. No, no, no. We, we, we talked about that. We're not going into that. But so now if there's no excuse and you've recognized that you now are responsible to do some action, you are actually responsible for your soul. It's sitting now in your hands and you've got this, this weight uh, and accountability. And you know, Nobody wants to take accountability these days. I was, you know, nobody wants to take responsibility. It's not really something that we, we do well as humans. It's not something that we, we were like, yeah, bring it, bring it on. Just shoulder me, shoulder me up with some more responsibility. I, I just want to take it. Just load it on me. We, we don't do that. No, very, very rarely. I, you know, if you find a person that does that, uh, they're a rare breed. And so, but Abraham says, uh, here we find an example of all of us. He's speaking in the man running from the presence of the Lord. He says, every one of us, we're always running from something. <laughs> we run from trouble. We run from responsibilities. We're all prone to do that. We're more prone to run than we are to stand and face it out. See, we just find ourselves running. <laughs> we find ourselves running. Jonah was running. Is what he was, he's speaking about in this, in this service. And he goes, sometimes we find ourselves prone to run from work. We don't want to. We don't want to work, etc. And so we're running from our responsibilities. And I, I chatted with the boys actually at the uh, high school, uh, a week or more ago, a week and a half or so ago. And we were just talking about these things as becoming, a, you know, a young man and, and maybe shouldering responsibilities. And I just said, you know, to be honest, nowadays, we don't really, I said, there's not a lot of an opportunity for you guys to have a lot of responsibility. You don't grow up, per se, with a lot of responsibility. I said, you don't go to work at 4.30 in the morning and milk 50 cows. You don't go and get, a, you know, 80, 80 chickens worth of eggs and, and do that at, you know, 5 a.m. and whatever else. You, you don't do that. You don't, you, don't, you don't have to share the load of a home or maybe have to go to work at 13 because, you know, mom and dad needed, need a little extra. These are days far past. That's not me neither. I, I didn't have that. But these is what made men. This is what, you know, they, they, they took these, these weights, these burdens and these responsibilities and, and they grew up and moved on. And I said, you know, some of you guys, the worst of it is, is maybe pulling the garbage cans out for a garbage day on Friday. And, and I said, that's, that doesn't really create, you know, it doesn't really build you up and prepare you. So that's where we're living right now. This age creates a soft man, a weak man and a strong woman. And that's a problem. And so that's where we're, that's where we're in. But Abraham says we, 
we, uh, we run from these responsibilities. I encourage the young men, and I would encourage everyone. I said, don't be scared of responsibility. Take it. Take the responsibility because it's preparing you for the road ahead. So, Brother Bram says, how wishy-washy. That's what too many Christians today. Soft, soaped, and everything. <laughs> well, if that ain't say it, saying it straight. Wishy-washy, soft-soaped. Until they think they'll just, yeah, I'll just join a church, do something, put their name on it, on a book or something, jump up and down, you know, and call it Christianity. He said, no, no, no. Christianity is everyday, rugged life, living for God in this present world. It's a constant burning of fire and love for God in the heart that sets you, you afire and puts you out yonder with people and making converts to Christ. He says, responsibilities. <laughs> there it is. It's a rugged, everyday walk for God, putting and making converts to Christ responsibilities mark 16 responsibilities amen and so we see that we're responsible we're 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 god was not just saying go out and and preach the gospel go out and and spread spread the gospel spread the news spread the spread the news of the risen lord there was actually a a, a transferring of responsibility happening at this moment and if i would somewhere in my notes and i'm just going to maybe forget a little bit of them about my notes tonight, but I can imagine here Jesus was that he walked, he walked the earth, he walked and his ministry and he was preaching and he was healing the sick and he was doing all the different things, raising the dead and, and all the different signs and wonders and the, the, the parables and, and the, and the preaching that he did and he was doing all that. And then here it comes, he, he's died, he's rose again and it's, and, and here, you know, Lord, what next, what next? And he, and he's leaving and he's saying, no, no, now you go. Now you go and preach this gospel. You go and tell the world. You do this and these signs shall follow them that believe. And he was transferring the responsibilities that I'm not preaching it no more. You're preaching it now. You're living the life. You're going to now go before all men. You're going to stand before kings and potentates and all this kind of thing. You're going to now have to bear the reproach of this gospel. You are going to do it. You are saddling up now with this responsibility. And the responsibility now was being transferred to them. Amen? Amen. It's pretty empty in here. So I believe you're saying amen. I need a whole lot of placards, you know. <laughs> Glory. God bless each one of you. Sure appreciated you. Even coming on Zoom and doing that, I appreciate it. I know there's many out there that can't. And God bless you as well. Amen. So Brother Brandon says, you know, he says, you can get out there and get down on the river with your boat. You can get your oars out. He goes, but it's easy. It's easy to go the way the world goes. He said, it's the easy flow down the stream. Because we don't want to, t- we don't want to take it. The world doesn't want to take take a load. They just want the easy, the easy road. And he says, you know, get out there down a river in your boat. You get your oars and you start pulling against the current, and you just don't make much time. It's hard work. You know, can you imagine getting a rowboat and just going up current, and you're pulling for all it's worth, and you're maybe like moving this much. Maybe it feels like you're going up one foot and back six inches, and going up another foot and back six inches, and you're just rowing for all your worth, and you're going to start sweating in about 16 seconds because you're just exerting. It takes hard work. To do something like that, to, 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 to row a boat. And so he says, but you know, once you let loose, just let the, let those oars loose just once. And I tell you, he goes, just how fast you pass the trees going by you because now, but you're going the wrong direction. 
He says, well, when things are floating easy, remember, you're going towards a great cataract. You're going towards a great falls. You're going down there, he says, of some sort. You're going towards the falls, and it won't be long before you go over the falls. Just a floating with the world, it's easy the way it goes. You don't want that, no, sir, but you must accept your responsibility. My you got to accept it. you got to accept that this way is a tougher way. This way is the road of the despised few. i got to get in my little boat, and I'm going to have to row against the current of this world. Because I can tell you right now, you just get into that, and you let up for once. Man, you're like, whoa, how come my walk just went from, from zero to negative 400 in literally 48 hours? Because you let up and let Satan jump in just a little bit, and it's done. you got to try and make up all this extra time to try and get your spiritual walk back. Because you've let off the oars. Don't let off the oars. Don't get into the flow of the world. That, you get backwards so far. Stay right in there, saddle up, and just keep it rowing. Keep it rowing. Say, Lord, I need your help right now. Just to keep it rowing. Don't ever let up on your oars, young people, old people, middle aged people. I don't really care. Never let up on the oars of your spiritual walk. Just keep going. Say, Lord, I'm going to bear this walk. I'm going to bear the responsibility of reward and keep going. Amen. Never let up. Never let up. Amen. So now, as we said, Jesus here said in Mark 16, Matthew 28, and he says, now, it's your, you, you disseminate the news. You give it out. You get out there. You preach the gospel. You say, well, I'm not a preacher. <laughs> I'm sorry. That is not a get out of jail free card. That ain't going to work for you. That I'm not a preacher. Paul says, and I took a young people's on it, and we talked about being living epistles, read and known of all men. Your life, everyone's life is preaching. Butter Branham says, and we took it in that little devotion, you live me a sermon instead of preach me a sermon. He'd rather a lived out sermon than a preached out sermon. There's a lot of preachers that can preach a sermon, but if they ain't living it, it's useless and does 10 times, 100 times more damage. And so it's much better that there's a lived out sermon in front of this world because that's what's going to capture the hearts and souls of someone saying, wow, that's a real Christian. He might have didn't, he didn't say, he didn't say a thing. We talked about in that devotion or the uh, young people's night, we talked about that little, little lady, salt is the earth lady. And uh, forgive me, young people, for you for hearing this, because I because I spoke it. But I just thought, you know what? It just applied for this little moment, as we talked about. No, I'm not a preacher. I'm not going out and preach the gospel. But that little lady who uh, who had a drunk husband, and you know the story, because we did a skit, and she had a drunk husband, and she he caused her whole fits of trouble, and she had a hard life, and he goes out to that saloon, and he's going to drinking. And he's causing problems and she tries to go to church and he gives giving her a super hard time. And then, and so he comes up to the, up to the bar one night and he tells them that, you know, uh, some guy says something about not having any, there's no Christians anymore. And I'm just going to, I'm trying to just go through here fairly quickly. Don't want to hold you too long tonight. And, uh, because last time I went way over time and so I got to make up on the other side. <laughs> so my apologies. Anyways, here he was in the bar. He said, there ain't no such thing as Christians anymore. There's just no such thing. Bunch of hypocrites. I told the young people, I said, oh my goodness, that would be a shame if someone in our circles, in our ranks could say, you know, I don't even know a Christian and we're in that circle and we have touched shoulders with them and someone can say, I've never seen a Christian or they're just a bunch of hypocrites is what he says in the account. I said, oh my Lord, may that never be in the realm of the godly and uh, of the saints in this area because someone has to say, no, 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 I know a Christian. I might only know one, but it's so-and-so. It's Victoria Adamora. It's Sister Nicole Frey. I don't care who it is, but they know it. They know one. 
Because when it comes down to it and someone's in a problem, you find out that someone's coming to you when they're in a real dire need because they know you got something that I don't got. And so they find you. They know it. If you've lived a life before them, you've lived a life before them, they know who you are. And they come to you in a real desperate need because they want, they, some, most of the times they don't want to give up what it takes to have that. And so here, this little lady is, she's, uh, this man says, he goes, just a minute. He goes, I know one. I know one. He says, who's that? He said, it's my wife. And, uh, and so here they, they, uh, pull a scheme and that she's, he's going to prove it. And we know the story and he goes to the, they go to the house and they're going to create a problem. They're going to, he said, they're going to act like they're really drunk. And so they go through this process, these multiple of them, they go to the home and they just act like they're drunk and they cause just an incredible amount of raucous and, and just a, a wicked situation for this little sister. And, and they, and they try to cause some problems and, and then they're throwing things around and she tries to make her eggs, I guess some eggs and such for them. And he hates the, he doesn't like the eggs like that. And he throws the eggs up on the ground and it just, just a, just a, just a, just a, destructive and, 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 and just a demonic situation and atmosphere, but they're doing this as a fake, trying to see what she do. And I can imagine, as I told the young people, I said, oh my, how many of us in that situation would have just said, yeah, yeah, get out of my house and come back when you're sober. Who, who would have, would have laid into, uh, into them quite like that? Yep. I would have probably done the same thing and said, oh, I'm sorry, folks, but you can just head right back out where you came from and, and we'll try this over again. But no, that wasn't the case. She said, dear, I'm sorry. I didn't get them fixed. I'll fix some more for you. I said, oh my Lord, help us. Lord, find that channel there. And so they said they heard her snubbing there. But Abraham says, and she's singing along. Must Jesus bear the cross alone? And all the world go free, though there's a cross for everyone. And she's just singing this little song. And oh my, but her bam says, one drunk looked over there and looked at the other one and said, she's a Christian. She's got it. (laughs) That's exactly what you want someone to say in a situation like that. No, 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 no. That's a Christian and they've got it. And there, Brother Bram says, that little woman led her husband and plus three others to Christ that night, that night. And I said to the young people, I said, my goodness, the most powerful sermon that was ever preached to those men was her picking up egg yolk off the floor and fixing a chair. That was the sermon she was preaching with her life. That was go ye into all the nations preaching this gospel. That's what she was doing in her everyday living. And that's where we're all at. Amen. Our everyday living. So don't, that takes uh, that excuse out. He said, I'm not a preacher. You live your life and you're preaching every day that you go to work, every day you go to school. Amen? You're preaching. And so, the responsibility now of carrying the word is now being transferred down. And it started, as we know, the ages have gone by. Age to age. And we looked at Paul... And now it started going through the ages of Ephesus. And each age now started to bear the burden and bear the responsibility now of carrying the work of the Lord Jesus out. Carrying the work of the Lord. Spreading, spreading what he's done. Spreading that he's a risen savior. Spreading that there's blood that can save you from your sins. They're starting to now reach forth and it starts to go out and persecution starts very quickly. And 
But Abraham says, and we'll read a couple quotes here on the different church ages. He says, in the first age suffered great persecution. It had to work hard to preach the gospel, to shed forth truth. Their high calling in life was to serve God when their hopes in life were blighted. They were patient and committed to him. Paul says, I labors more abundant in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths oft. Of the Jews five times received forty stripes, save one. There I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck, a night and a day in the deep, journeyings often, perils in the waters, perils by robbers, perils of by mine own countrymen, perils by heathen, perils in the city, perils in the wilderness, perils in the sea, and perils among false brethren. My, in wick, weariness and painfulness and watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. This was the burden that they were now settling into as God is saying, now you go out. And this is what they now shouldered. This is the burden they shouldered now. The responsibility is God saying, now take my word out and now start spreading it out. This is how it started out. Paul in the different ages. Now in multiple ages, as we know, there's the church ages and then the anointings that went out as we will touch maybe a little bit on. And uh, Lord, Lord, help me. There's just so much. It's so deep. The word is so incredibly rich. Oh my goodness. It's just, just when to be able to look at the, at the open word of our hour. These are things they've never looked at before. And here we'll be able to see, oh, the church age. You can see all the different ages and the, the, the different ones, the, the, uh, the, the messengers to each age. And then you can look at and be like, oh, oh, the seals are open. So you can now see, oh, the, 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 the anointing that went out to combat the, the white horse. And then the, the lion went out. These are, you just say, oh, you know, that's just the message. That is what was revealed in this hour. They've never, that's never been seen before. Incredible. My goodness. I just urge you just to dig into that. That's this day. This word revealed in this hour for you and me. My, it's beautiful. So here, Smyrna and our, was, was uh, the different churches going by. And you can see how the, the burden and the, and, the, and the weight that they had to carry to, to bring the, the word through as, as, the, as it went out. And, and its power and force as a lion in the beginning. And then it started to have to go down as a seed, as we know. And I'm not going to go into depths and details. But here we know that it, it, it became a really dark time. Very dark time through the ages. Brother Branham says... As they, and they, and they, and losing even little bits of, of the, of the purest of word as it went through the different, different ages in the, Brother Bram says in the Pergamian church age, men were humanizing salvation, having turned from the truth that salvation is of the Lord, having cast aside the doctrine of election, opened wide the church door and their fellowship to all those who scribed to their tenets. And so the word was being degraded as the, as the, 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 the man of sin was, was making its way in the two vines as Brother Branham talks is, is working and starting to grow. And he says, there were still a few who had the measure of that faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, and not only, not only used that faith in acts of power, but withstood those who dared to say that they were saved simply on the grounds of joining church. And so here, now it's getting the pressure and it's getting mixed up, but there's still that little few. They're still holding to the true word. They're still, they're, they're not getting mixed up in all of the different doctrines and things that's starting to, to rise its head up in the, in the ages as they come through. And we come into Thyatira. My goodness, Thyatira, death. I can only imagine that dying was a daily thing. Dying every day. I can imagine 
one after the other. Oh, brother so-and-so is gone now. Sister so-and-so is gone now. Brother so-and-so, oh, this whole family, they just took them. They're gone now. They've gone to meet their reward. Oh, yeah, so-and-so is gone now. They must have lived in constant, constant, well, we would think despair, but they were under anointing of an ox. They were under an anointing of a sacrifice, and they were willing. They were willing to bear that weight, that responsibility to spread the word in how that God had ordained for them, and so they were giving their lives for the gospel. That was what they were required to do in their day. And that, and I, we look, I look at it and say, oh God, what a time. The darkest ages that they had to go through and, and carry the word through. And it went down. I can imagine Satan just trying to grind the word, the true word. He was just trying to grind it to dust. Just trying to annihilate it through these different ages. But there, there was always a little bride. God's word never failed. It just kept going. It just kept going. It might have had to go down to the ground. It might have had to die. It might have had to go like a seed. Because it, then it was going to start sprouting again. It was going to start sprouting again and next another age is going to start coming. Someone else was going to keep that word going. That word never stopped. It didn't matter what trial, what persecution, what anything came up may, God's word just kept going. It kept spreading. That word that God spoke in Mark 16, the word that he spoke through Matthew 20, it just kept going because his word can never fall. It can never return into him and void. And so it just kept pressing on. Each, each person, each saint, each messenger, each church is just carrying that burden and just moving along and saying this word, this word will stand. This this word will stand. Though mountains and trials, what life turned to sand, as the song would say, but its word will stand. And so it just kept going each through each age. And Sardis age, they started, they shouldered down, started breaking from the dogmas and conforming from the Catholic Church. Here, Luther starts birthing, burst, uh, bursting forth, uh, driving, you know, pounding his 95 thesis and, and such for the, you know, for the Catholic Church selling indulgences for sin. You imagine, you know, pay some money and, and, and you'll get, you know, less, less penalty time in purgatory and less time, you know, in, in hell and all this. What, 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 just, my goodness, I won't, I won't say what's coming to my mind. Just, you know, who would even take that here? I can imagine Luther, he must have beat those theses into the door. Because here's like, you know, some might think that they were just giving money and it was corrupt as it can get. But it was under this guise of, well, just give to the church, give to a charity. That's what it was actually. It, was, it wasn't just like some guy pocketing. I'm sure there was some of that, but but it was it was no no give to the give to the charity of the church. You're giving to the poor, and then you can you know save yourself some of these penalties here for you know my goodness. And here Luther is goodness, is standing standing before all the pressures of that, saying the just shall live by faith. It's by the grace of God. There's no no well I'll pay my way through my works. No, and he had to press against that in his day. And allow that word just to keep keep going through. Amen? My goodness. Wesley's age. Philadelphia. Missionary age. Wesley. He went 250,000 miles on horseback, which is about 10 times around the globe. 10 times around the globe on a horse saddle that he did. Uh, did just spreading the word. Spreading the word. Amen? Because he was burdened. With it, he he took the responsibility of it. Not just him, but many, many did that through that time. As the as it was the age of the open door, and it was the, the missionary age, as we would maybe say, as it just went forth because God's word was going to continue to go, is continue to grow, it was continue to become what God is intending it to be down through the ages to the very end. Amen. You follow on me? Oh, amen. Lord, help me get to where I got to go, and we'll just. Uh, Give him glory. Because this is, I just, and I pray I can just convey, convey what the uh, Lord's put on my heart. So here we now come. 
Here we now come to Laodicean age. And now it's now coming to a, to a, to a fullness of what God is looking for, for, for it to, to be. And I was just looking at what, what, just even the responsibility of even just of the, what the, even what our prophet went through. And he, I just found it, I just looked, read a quote and I just thought I would just read it. He talked about just going through the service. We're talking about taking a burden on. We're talking about taking the responsibility to carry this word and go forth in my. I just thought, what, what, what did the, what did the prophet take and take on his shoulders? And here, he talked about doing, going for eight weeks of meetings. Long, eight, and he's talking about his daughter-in-law, and they went for lasting eight weeks of journey. She come home, went to bed for three, four days just to rest. Was nearly dead, and the boys and all of them drooped around. He goes, I'm, I'm coming home and got no more than half my suitcase out till I was going, 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 going. All day and night, going, 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 all day and night. This is what he, this is what the, the, the responsibility of the prophet to this last, to the Laodicean church age. He says, well, now I think it's rough just to go, you think it's rough just to go around and stand in the meetings and come down and sit down at a meeting, enjoy it, go home, go to bed and sleep half the next day. If you wish to get up and go to the next meeting, then you get tired. He said, just take the responsibility of one of them meetings on your shoulders and know that you're responsible for it and answer to everything. And then preach when 20 minutes of speaking is compared to hours of hard work. And so science says, he says, and then he goes, besides that one vision, tear you down more than three days of preaching would, and then have 30 of those nights, 30 of those nights I said, Oh God, my, my thankfulness. I, I couldn't even just, I couldn't even put words into it for a prophet that was willing to go through that. And that's one account. And he went year after year after year. And he bore what a responsibility he bore to bring this word to this day. So Lord, thank you for our messenger. My, to bring it to this final, final age as it moved from age to age and how the responsibility of the word passed onward. Now, transfer. I just want to, we've spoken on transfer, but I do want to say transfer is to place something in someone else's hands. That's one of the kind of uh, a meaning of to transfer is to kind of place something in charge of someone else. So we've talked about transferring. The responsibility. And here we are in this day and age. And I just, I was just pondering, pondering, Lord, here we are. What has been transferred? What, what have we received in our hands? And I, I just, just conti- continued to just come into my mind. And I was reading in Revelations, and we know Revelations 10, how the Revelation says, I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud and a rainbow upon his head and his face, as it were the sun and his feet as pillars of fire. And he had in his hand a little book open. And he set his right foot upon the sea and his left foot, foot upon the earth. And he cried with a loud voice as when a lion roareth. And when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write. And I heard a voice say from heaven saying, seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered and write them not. My. And I was, I was just thinking about that. And brother, brother Tim Pru years ago preached a service on this people of the open book. Incredible service. And how he, he said in there, he said, my, he says, John had to stop. Writing said, John, if you, if you write that, then rapturing faith will be, they will know where their, the position is. They'll know who they are. You gotta stop because there's still names that need to come to fruition. There's still people in the book of redemption that need to come to be. Stop! Stop! You gotta hide that. Seal it up. It's not coming to fruition. Not yet. Not yet. And so it got sealed up. And here we go. Then you keep reading. But in the days of the voice, of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished as he hath declared to his servants, the prophets. Next verse. And the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me. 
I'll just stop. But in the days of the voice, let's put you now in your day. This is our day. I don't want you to just be like, well, I've heard this lots of times. I've heard Revelation 10, 7 lots of times. I've heard Luke 17, 30 lots of times. And it just becomes message, just message terminology. Don't you dare let it become message terminology. Don't you dare this. We are reading scripture that ages have gone by. Hundreds and thousands of years that have gone by. They've looked at this. They, I don't know who said it, Brother Brown. Somebody said they probed at it. They, they tried to poke at it, but it's never been open to them. Some they didn't even probe. It wasn't even there. But it's this ministry who kept saying, who, who's the, 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 uh, if we go back into, um, I'm just bring it up so I don't quote it wrong. Revelations 5 said, I saw a mighty angel. Who's worthy to open the book? Who's, who's worthy to open the book? How many times did you hear this ministry of this, of this seventh message, seventh day, uh, seventh age messenger probe into that because he knew that's what his, his calling was for, was to open, to be a part and to bring a ministry that's going to open this word for this hour. That's what, so don't, don't just glaze over it. Don't just become, wow, this is just, just message, message at work. No, this is, this is incredible word that was opened up in this day. First time, never opened before. Never, never, ever. And so you can look at this, but the days and the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound the mystery of God should be finished as he declared. And when the voice heard the angel, uh, when I heard the voice, go and take the little book, which is open in the hand of the angel, which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth. And I went to the angel and said he, unto him, said, give me the little book. And he said unto me, take it and eat it up and it shall make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. So we know in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, and the seven seals were unveiled. And the mystery of God was finished. And all this was unveiled. And we can read now exactly God showing us who we are, where we came from, where we're going. This is needed, needed, so that you know exactly your position and place, so that you know, so you actually have the faith to rapture. It was the missing component from the very first age. They didn't have this. They didn't know what this was. They had no clue. Only in this last day did this open up to reveal to us who we are, where we're going, where we came from. And here now, he's saying, go and take the open book. You take it. This is the train. This is now you. You have to take it. This is now, now the word's been opened. Now the word's been revealed. Now the seven seals have been, 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 uh, the mystery has been revealed. And now he's saying, you take the book. You have to take the word. You have to take it into you. You just can't look at it and be like, oh, that, that's incredible. That's, that's very, wow, amazing. We, we can actually, we know what the scripture is saying. No, 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 no. You have to take the word and it has to become part of you. You have to become the living word for your day. And to be that is to take the word of God, to take the message of this hour and actually bring it and say, and make that, 
make that part of you and, and to actually receive that and to be, Lord, I'm going to take the responsibility. I'm going to take the word of my hour now and I'm going to start living it because the next part of that says you must then prophesy. You must take the word and now put it on your lips and start speaking it. Not just saying, oh, oh, that's a wonderful word. No, you have to actually start living it. You have to start saying, he is my healer. He is my strength. He is my fortress. He is my buckler. And you start living the word of your hour. Put it on your lips because it has the power to transform you into a son and daughter of God and bring into the adoption, not just a child, a child of God, but actually a child that has been adopted and placed the authority and said, yeah, now you can act in my name. That's the word of this hour that's come to, that's to create us into that form, into that image. That book was closed just a few chapters ago. How I'm so thankful that there was a worthy one to open that book. Because you and I, that book of redemption, if it had remained sealed, we were lost. We were lost. But he said, oh, who's, who's worthy? Who's worthy to take this book? Who's worthy to open up? Who's worthy? And to look at all through heaven was looked at in earth. Who, who's worthy? And no one in heaven or in earth was worthy to take it and to loose the seals thereof is what the scripture said. And John wept because there was no one. He's weeping. But I, brother Bram says, oh, he didn't weep for long. Hallelujah. He didn't weep for long because out of the throne of God, what he said, a lion, but then he looked and it was a lamb. We know it was a lamb. Our intercessor, Jesus Christ, came and took the book. And he opened the book up so that then we could have an open word. We're not still wondering who, well, who we are. We need for this age to fulfill and to take the responsibility and to take what, what we are to be in this day and age. This was required. This was needed so that we can actually fulfill a raptured bride. That we can say we are Jesus Christ in this day. We need that. And that's why we need to take that within ourselves and now put that on our lips and start living it because that's what's going to transform us into our position and our placing for this day. Amen. He took, when he took the book, he didn't, he didn't need to, but I'm saying it wasn't, those weren't his rights. They were your rights. He was claiming your rights back. What you, what we lost with Adam, what Adam lost at the beginning, and he lost his dominion over all the earth. He lost his, he lost eternal life. He lost, he lost where he was never sick. No tear, no sorrow, no pain. He lost it all. That's what he lost. And these were his rights there. The title deed to everything that he lost. God didn't need though. That wasn't his rights. But he took the book because of his love, Brother Bram says, for you and me. And he took the book and then went. Take it. Your rights. You take the book. You prophesy again. You eat it. You bring it in your body. You take it. says, the scripture says, it'll make thy belly bitter, and, but it'll be sweet in your mouth. But around, I'll, I'll tell you why. He says, says when, you, when you become, uh, when, you take, when you take the word of God and your life becomes transformed, he says it becomes a battle. You've become, it's become a battle now. And this becomes in your belly. It becomes in your belly bitter. 
And so you're going to have to, he says, persecution come, trials may come and it can be bitter as you, as you take that into yourself. But when you start testifying of it, when you start speaking of the goodness of God, that's what's sweet on your lips. You start speaking the promises. You start speaking who you are. You start claiming your, your, your position in Christ and it's sweet on your lips and it's sweet on your lips. That's why he's saying you keep, you keep speaking that you keep prophesying who you are. You keep taking the word and you put it on your lips and it's sweet. Amen. It's sweet as honey. But Abraham says, but instead of keeping it himself, he gives it back to the people. That's his love for us. And so we've been given the responsibility of an open book. We've been given the responsibility of an open word. And that's what, imagine, this is what other ages would have longed for. They would have longed to have a re- the, the full revealed word of God. They would have longed for this. And God says, that's your part at the end of time and this age. Because I need to have a bride that's unadulterated, that is not that's spotless, that's blameless, that'll take every single word of God and put that on their lips. There's no... no uh, things from the world there's nothing of of that's why brother branham just spoke so much against denomination and organized religion and he spoke against it because there could never be one little iota of some formality or some organized hierarchical aspect of, of church and we get all structured and we get all this and he just spoke against it and spoke against it and the church of the living god the bride of jesus christ will never be some formalized some structured church that we that we come and we sit and we do this and we do that and we do this and you can pretty much write down a schedule that's not the holy spirit leading of the holy spirit a the bride of christ will be a church that is by a, a perfect, by the Holy Spirit, and the Lord will move through the church, and that's that's the that is the the uh, where God's church and His bride will be, not stuck in some formalism. And Brother Branham preached so hard against that, and so I, I would just I, I said, Lord, may we never get in some some formal box of how our church church is. May we be so, so open to the moving of your Holy Spirit and so that you can drill and do whatever you desire amongst your people because we want to be able to say what he said. My greatest responsibility than ever, I say, was placed on any age was now the possessor of an open book. And so I was just pondering you know, Brother Murphy spoke the power of condemnation. And I just was, you know, I said, Lord, what are we then doing? What are we doing with what you've given us? And Brother, Brother Murphy was speaking about just the Chinese Bible. He's speaking about, he spoke about the school and just different examples at the, at the end of service. And I said, oh God, our pastor, and I'm just going to talk, I'm just going to speak from my heart. This is just what's burning on my heart. Our pastor has had a vision, Brother, Brother Murphy spoke about it. And I just, it just so challenged, challenged me and just, just opened up just some thoughts and some desires. And I said, Lord, we can give us such a drive, such a drive. May we shoulder 
the responsibility that you've put on us in this last day. That we're gonna, that we will do everything in our power that we will not let that vision ever falter and fail. Ever. Ever. We've seen it go from real to real. We've seen it go to tape. We've seen it go into books. And we have been a church. Our church has been a lighthouse. We have been behind that. Our pastor has, has forged away year after year after year. And it's been spreading this word. Been spreading this message. It's been spreading this open book. The open word of this hour. And it's been a drive. And it's been an unction that has put this church forward. And I said, Lord, never, never let us waver and falter in that aspect. That is what we must get under. That's the responsibility. We've been, that's been transferred onto us in this day, in this hour, for this time. We will, ne- we will take that if it's moved. I've, there's been men of old, that different ones that have gone off the scene maybe. They've, they've provided. They've financially supported. They've done deeds to support. Whatever they've done. But they, And I said, Lord, rise up. Make young people rise up. Middle people rise up. If they got to get behind it. May we just may we recognize the word of God in our hour that's been opened up for us to see his word. And may, I, may we shoulder the responsibility and the weight of the hour that we must also fulfill Mark 16. That we will also fulfill Matthew 28. And we will go into all nations. We will never let that falter until the end of time. Until we're raptured. And we will take the burden. And we will continue that vision to get the word of our hour out to the people. Amen. That's my burden. That's just, I said, oh God, if that, if we need to take that, young people, don't just glaze over. This word must go forth. You have been commissioned. The same scripture that brother Ed was commissioned, that everyone in different ages have been commissioned year, age after age after age, whether it was all the way down to Paul, every single one of us have been commissioned to get the word out. And that is our orders from our chief captain. Let us shoulder that. And if we need to shrug the load a little bit, or maybe we need to pick it up, whatever we need to do. We need to get behind Brother Tim and what, what's happening in Africa. Brother Murphy, what's happening in China. I don't care what it is, where God places the burden. Listen to the burden or say, Lord, place the burden on my shoulders so that I can be a part of this day and age. I can be a part of this open book that you've given to me. I've taken it. I've received it to myself. I'm going to prophesy and speak your word and I'm going to do my part to get it out into the nations because I'm looking for one more or two more or whatever it is. And that is what has happened through this church for many, many years. And I said, Lord, may we never let that baton falter. Not one moment. Help us, Lord. Amen. I'm just unloading my burden and my heart to our people. And I know all of you, I'm sure, will rise and say, Amen. We're 100%. We're going to carry this this word to the very end of time. And I just pray that's your burden as well. Amen. Brother Ben, you can make your way here as we come to a little bit of a close. Amen. Let us run, saints. Let us run. It's been spoken of. It's been spoken on many times. Let us run. The service and the scripture. And it is a 
something that is an anchor, a foundation, scripture, and a phrase. Say, Lord, let me run. Let me run. And that's that's everybody. We've been running this one together, saints. We've been running with the saints of old and time. We're all running together. We're running for the same goal. It's just passing it down a little bit. We're passing the baton a little bit. And so let us just keep running. Let's just keep running. Do not weary in well-doing because we're going to make an end. We will get to the end. So let us not let it falter now. Let it not get lackadaisical now. Let us shoulder the burden. Let's shoulder the weight. Let's take the responsibility that we've been given in this day and age to get this word of the hour out to a soul that needs God in this dying age. I tell you, I walked out of the service last week. And I said, oh my Lord. I had been praying before the before the service, and my heart just—I was telling Brother Marco—my heart just bled. It just bled for the foolish virgin. And my heart—I said, "Lord, oh God, have grace." That we're looking at the ends of time, and we can see the and actually have the the grace of God to see the word open for our day. And, and, and here we see the, the times that we're in and living in and, and, the, and, the, and the conditions we're living in. You can see us going, this is nothing, nothing. We think this is hard, nothing. And you can see that. And you're saying, oh, God, we just want to go home. Lord, just take us home. We're, we're not made for here. This world's not our home. But there's those that will have to give their blood. I said, Lord, oh, my heart just bled for them. Maybe. Where's that just, where's that one that, that can be saved from that? Where's that one that his eyes are going to be open and we need to get the word to them. We need to get this message to them because this is what's going to rapture them. You are not going to get raptured without this message. That is the bottom line. You are not going to get raptured without seeing the word of God for our day. Because in that, when you say in the word, in the tapes, lies rapturing faith. Yes, because you need to see who you are. You need to see where you're going. You need to see your position in time. You say, whoa, this is where we're at. This is the end time. This is exactly who I am. Oh, the book has been opened. Redemption is, the book of redemption has been loose. The seals have been loose. The thunders have uttered. Oh, and you can see what they are. Yeah. And then you start realizing, oh my, I'm the bride of Jesus Christ. I, I, I'm, I'm getting raptured out of here. I'm putting his word on my lips because that's what's going to get you out of here as you take just that one little next step and boom we're gone that's what the word of this hour has done to do no other age had that it was it was not even in the radar for them but it is for us and we need that i said lord oh let's get that out just one more that needs to hear this word because they're part of the rapturing bride of jesus christ let's carry and shoulder that burden amen let's Take this word onward and upward. Amen. Amen. Get our eyes off COVID. Let Satan fight. We've already run. We've already won. Saints, we've already won. We're just getting ourselves into a position so that we can just get out of here. Let's not get all stuck down here. And let's look forward. Amen. Lord, what are you asking of us? What are you prodding us to do? Let us be sensitive because we just want to look. We want to shoulder the burden and get this word out. And may it become part of us. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. I hope something has blessed you tonight. I pray the Lord help me unload what he desired. I struggled. struggled. Lord, help me. I don't know how to deliver your word. 
I prayed that something maybe just charged you. Say, yes, Brother Michael, I'm going to take that load. I'm going to reshug my shoulders a little bit. Put that pack on my back. I'm ready to take this responsibility. Amen. That's my heart. I know that's, I know that's all of your hearts, many of your hearts. And if there's someone who said, you know what? I haven't really seen it that way. I didn't really, you know, I was just stuck in my own little world, stuck in my little rut of life. It has a bigger picture. There's a bigger picture. Let's go forth with this word. So Lord, may this become part of me. Amen. Amen. Let's sing. I, I, I'm going to sing. We press on because I love that song. I love we press on. We're in a big, we're in maybe a valley. You can stand with me. I'm just going to get the song up here. When the valley is deep, my, the mountain's steep. And when the body's weary, I know some of you bodies are really weary. And when you stumble, maybe somebody stumbled and fall. Maybe you just, you know, your spiritual life has just stumbled and you're kind of halfway down and you just need to get yourself up. Get up tonight. Get up. God's with you. He's going to take you right to the end. So just stand up and say, Lord, I'm going to re-shrug my load now because I'm going to press on. Let's sing that together. Amen. Here we go. When the valley is deep and when the mountain is deep oh, when the body is weak when we stumble and fall when the choices are hard and when we're battered and scarred oh when we spent our resources when we've given our all Jesus' name, we press on. Oh, in Jesus' name, we press on. Dear Lord, with the prize, it's clear before. Press on. Mm, here we are. Oh, we have heard from our Lord the call of Malachi Our hearts are rejoicing for what we have in store. Ain't that the truth? Amen. We are lonesome for hope, and the saints who've gone on, oh, to be changed in a moment, oh, and walk through heaven's door, oh, in Jesus' name we press on. Oh, dear Lord, 
what that second verse said to you there. Oh, we're lonesome for home. And the saints who've gone on to be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, and walk through heaven's door. I tell you, saints, what a moment that'll be when we're changed in a moment and you start walking through heaven's door. And there's saints of old that you didn't see for a long time. And family members that have died and gone on before and they're waiting for you to cross on because there will be a people that will be here, that will be alive and remain because they will have the rapturing faith because of a message of this hour that's prepared them to be able to be, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, just resurrected saints, I'm just waiting for you because then it's my turn to be caught up together with them in the air and rise and meet with our Lord, amen, find the strength saints to press on because that's the goal that we have before us, dear Lord, with the prize clear before our eyes, we find the strength to press on, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I pray you have a wonderful week ahead of you. I know some are going into spring break. I know some are going into quarantines. And I pray the Lord just drop into your little home. You take that time. You're in a little quarantine time. Say, Lord, give him the strength just to press on through this next little trial. Give him the strength to go through this next little time. Draw near to them. May they say that was the best quarantine. I had so much precious time with my Lord Jesus. That'll be the best two weeks you've ever had. I pray that's exactly what is. And those that are not, you lift up our people. I know some have gone through it and you know, so therefore you can get under that burden because you've been there and you know what they're going to be going through as well. Amen. Let's just sing as we close. Let the book live in me. I guess I better get that here. Let the book live in me, dear Lord. Let's just sing that. Oh, let the book live 
in me, dear Lord, and show me myself within thy word. Oh, show me myself and show me my Savior and let the book live in me. Do you not know that song? Surely you know that song. No? Oh my. I know it's an old timer song. <laughs> no offense to anyone that lay raise their hand. Let's sing that again. It's a precious song. Let the book live in me, dear Lord. Let's just sing that one more time. We'll close in prayer. Oh, let the book live in me, dear Lord. Oh, show me myself within thy Oh, show me myself and show me my Savior and let the book live in me. Heavenly Father, that is indeed would be my prayer, Lord. And I would imagine the prayer of everyone, Lord. Let the book live in me, Lord. Lord, may your word live in me. Lord, and through me, that through my life, Lord, I I can be a representation of Jesus Christ, Lord, in this age, this last and final hour. Lord, I pray, Lord, something, Lord, was said that could strengthen your people, maybe encourage them a little bit, Lord, as we would, Lord, look forward, never looking backward, Lord, for you are are not a God of retreat, where you're a God of advance. And so, Lord, we go forward in this time. I pray you lift your people up. I pray you strengthen them, Lord. And you ignite a fire in their hearts, Lord. Lord, let's carry this burden, Lord. Just a little bit more down the road. Whatever it takes, Lord, we'll run with it. So, Lord, I commit each one to you in your care. Lord, your precious people that we love so dearly. Lord, keenly looking at the time we're in and keenly looking at the different, Lord, regulations and such. Lord, we're just praying, Lord. We're praying. May our faith catch a hold, Lord, and you change the governments and the, and the officials, Lord, their minds and their desires and thoughts, and may they do a little yui, Lord, in a U-turn, and Lord, they would, Lord, we would be able to come and see each other's faces again, Lord. We're praying for the borders. We're praying for all this, Lord. Annihilate this demon. We curse COVID, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. We curse that demon. Lord, may you take all power and dominion over it. For, Lord, you do have it. May our faith now go forth and send the Holy Spirit to your people that need, Lord, an extra touch of your presence and your healing hand. In Jesus Christ's name, we commit the people to you now. We pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. We love you. Go have a wonderful week. May you let the book live in you each day. May you go to work. Amen. You you be Jesus Christ in your in your world, in your work, in your environment, in your school. Have a wonderful weekend ahead of us. God bless you. Till we meet again. God bless you. Amen.